On this episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast, I'll be talking a little bit about uh, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk um, almost going full dictator like Stem and Dan Dan here in Victoria, uh, comments by Ray Hadley, and uh, my thoughts on the still going uh, Parliament uh, Legislative Council in Victoria review of the um, Public Health Amendment uh, Bill that's being debated. So, Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name's Cameron Blewett, and here you are for, what is it, episode 13 of the Fifth Estate Podcast. Uh... Now, starting with a little bit of a rant about Parliament, uh, holy smoke, uh, if you uh, are that way inclined, like I am, that you stayed up and watched what was happening in Parliament uh, yesterday, or from yesterday afternoon's uh, session to, uh, to to what's going on, it's a thing is that, um, my God, you know, it, it just shows you uh, listening to the government talk how much contempt that they have for us and how much that they believe it is their way or the highway. Um, You know, it's concerning uh, that these people are in control of us uh, and it, you know, it it reinforces my view that we should drain the swamp at Spring Spring Street uh, and, and get rid of them all. Uh, so, but anyway, I will uh, have a little bit more of a rant about that later on in the episode. Now, um, as with other episodes, uh, here's the COVID stats for today. Uh, for today, uh, 1st of December 2021, 74,252 people went and got tested. Out of that, uh, 1,179 came back with a positive result which brings the percentage of tests to be 1.588. Now brings the total number of active cases to 11,959. Now the cases per population works out to be approximately 0.180%. Unfortunately, six people passed away uh, with the bug uh, or with the virus, which brings the, uh, what is it? Fatality rate uh, per population is still around 0.02%. Uh, for per active cases, that works out to be around about 1.09 um, for that. Uh, whereas we, 42 people are in ICU and there are 299 in hospital. Now, uh, you know, this is the thing, I mean, as I've said before and I've asked before, are they numbers that is a reasonable, uh, that would justify this state of emergency, face diapers, mandatory jabs and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, uh, 1% of people being tested are coming back positive with the virus. Now, that doesn't mean to say that just because you've got it, you're going to end up in hospital. Also, doesn't mean that they've got symptoms either. Uh, so... You know, it, it's the whole scaremongering thing. Uh, and now, speaking of scaremongering, there's uh, some Queensland's, and you know, I, I will say it is the Queensland dictator because there's only one House of Parliament in Queensland, and so essentially, whatever the 
uh, Premier decides, obviously because the Premier's got the numbers on the floor and in Cabinet and all that sort of stuff, then, hey, becomes law in Queensland. So essentially, Queensland is an elected dictatorship. So the dictator in charge in Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk, had this to say about the moronic variant. Oopsie doozy. Uh, yes, so I that's not what Anastasia Palaszczuk had to say. Um, I will try this one. I'm very concerned now that there is a community case circulating of Omicron in New South Wales. Um, I'm very much looking forward to hearing the briefing uh, from the Chief Health Officer and the Prime Minister uh, later on this afternoon. This is very worrying. Yeah. Um, it is very worrying about what we do not know about this variant. The fact that countries have closed their borders indicates to me it is far more serious than Delta, Mr Speaker. And, Mr Speaker, um, we will be taking that advice uh, this afternoon, um, and I'm quite sure the Prime Minister will be updating following that National Cabinet. So, Mr Speaker, my Order message members. to Queenslanders is that you need to get vaccinated. Now... Couple of things to say about that. Um, first of all, yeah, it is concerning that uh, governments are responding the way that they are because if this virus runs true to form, how every other respiratory virus uh, operates and behaves, that it will get weaker as the variants go through. So, uh, this is the thing: respiratory viruses want the host to, to stay alive because. The longer that you stay alive, the more chance there is of spreading the virus and the more chance there is of you, uh, the virus being able to replicate itself and be out in the community. Now, the viruses don't want to incapacitate you because there's no way to spread. Uh, so, you know, this is the thing, is that for uh, these politicians to turn around and say that it's concerning because of this and uh, there was a, what was it? in the Daily Mail, and I know that's a perfect source of everything and we should be going to the Daily Mail more often for quotes uh, that was, what were they? They were slamming uh, Victoria, uh, sorry, Australia for um, saying that the uh, variant is a friendly mutant virus. Now, experts have warned Australians that Omicron is not a, quote, friendly mutant virus. There are five known cases of the new COVID strain in the country. Um, big fucking deal. Like, really? Five? Um, I think there's six now. Uh, so, you know, this is the thing. It's only when uh, these uh, doctors and people get out of the establishment and the establishment have no control over them that they actually start telling the truth. And as has what seen with, uh, was it Nick Coates the other day and saying that, hey, this is what we should be getting, uh, this is what we need uh, because if it takes over from Delta, then, you know, it's a weaker, virus, a weaker variant. All it does is, you know, a mild fever and, and people are fatigued. Like, you know, really, if, if that's it, yep, that's fine. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's the thing. This is just plain and out scaremongering. Um, it's scaremongering right from the start, as we saw by the stats. And, and you know, the signs may be politicised and misleading. The stats that are provided to, to us by the government, and remember, um, these uh, is the fatality rate is people who died with the virus, not from it. So that needs to be a, an important clarification there. So 
you know, let's say we'll, we'll go conservative and say 50%. So three people died. Um, and, and I'm not downplaying the deaths or anything like that. Um, so, you know, that brings our, you know, let's say if, if we say 50% of people who are currently classed as have dying with the virus actually died from the virus. So let's say 50% brings our um, 2021 tally to what's that, about 259. Uh, whereas if you compare that to our road toll, our road toll is about 200, probably about 218, maybe two, I'll say 217 because that's what it was on the 29th. Now stats for uh, yesterday, the 30th of November, haven't been released yet. Uh, so that. So, you know, it's just a little bit more than the road toll. Uh, but then you compare that to Victoria's suicide rate, which is around about, I think it's the 450 mark or probably the 500 mark at the end of um, end of October. Uh, no idea what it was at the end of November because, as I said, today's only the 1st of December, so those details haven't been published. Now, you know, that's the thing. with with Even with Delta being the big boogeyman that everyone said it was going to be, it still hasn't translated to a mass you know mass casualty rate which you know comes back to the thing is that this is to keep us scared this is to keep us reliant on the government to keep us quote unquote safe um so yes so now going back to this comment by uh the queensland premier about why uh, countries shut their borders could it be because of where that virus came from uh so you know people hear something comes from south africa and the first thing that they think of is Ebola. Now, interesting about that is during this discussion on the pandemic uh, bill that was going through it's a, their committee with the Legislative Council last night, uh, Ms Patton decides to throw out the word, you know, the, the thing Ebola about discussing with pandemics, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you know, is this scaremongering by the ruling class? I actually think it is. Um, so... You know, there's there's two reasons for this overhand, um, let's say, over the top approach from uh, the the ruling class about closing borders. Either they know what's happening with this virus, that it is man made, and it is um, the replications only increase its potential. Uh, what is it? Um, anyway, whatever the fatality rate of it, uh, that there is concerns that the because of the high jab rate. We've got no control group, which I've spoken about in a previous episode. And because the virus is mixing with people who are doing the series of therapeutics, that the mutations are more dangerous because it's been mixing with those who have the series of therapeutics. Or it comes down to people are just shit scared that something's come from a particular region of the world. So which case, you've got to say it like it is, is that they're just plain out racist. Um, so, you know, that's a thing that, uh, I think that people need to say, uh, need to own up and admit, uh, is, is that what they're doing it for? Is that why they're scared? Because, hey, you know, my God, it's come from South Africa. Oh no, there's a bowler. Um, it's a respiratory virus, man. You know? Yeah. So anyway, um, don't want to get into that because, hey, you're an anti-vaxxer. Now, actually, speaking about that, um, I'll lead into this next one uh, by uh, Ray Hadley. He's, um, I honestly, I've heard of the name. I think he's on 2GB or something like that. 
one of those radio stations that these people think that, um, you know, they are the ruling class. They're that entitled and they have the, you know, the silver spoon well and truly uh, put somewhere that it's their way or that's it. You know, if you don't agree with them, then you're a moron, you're an idiot or whatever. Now, I'm going to play this little clip. It, it aired on, I think it was his show yesterday or the day before. Um, actually, yeah, it was yesterday because he was away on Monday. So now this is a bit of a long clip, so you just have to bear with me about this and I will have a damn good rant about it afterwards. So here we go. I got an email this morning which I find highly and hugely insulting. It's, I, I wish I could identify the bloke, but he doesn't want to be identified. His name's Frank. He's a manager director of a company. What sort of company he's a boss of, I've got no idea. Um, but he sent a note after Mark Levy filled in for me yesterday. And, and Frank said, Disappointing Mark seems reluctant to broader or broadcast opposite views on his vaccination. It gives the impression of some cowardice. So he accuses, firstly, Mark Levy of being a coward. So I respond, as you would expect me to, no cowardice here. My policy, and obviously Mark's policy, is we have no connection with anti-vaxxers, and that will always be the case. We won't get them to voice because they're F-wits. I took the lead there from Brandon Smith. Um, so Frank replies, Ray, it is cowardly not to allow other points of view that differ from yours. That's a whole idea of talkback. Still, while you're in charge, you set the rules. As I said earlier, I'm double-vaxxed. I did that for selfish reasons, to save myself from serious illness or death. With 400-plus dying from vaccine deaths, I can understand why many... I mean, can you believe this bloke's running a company? 400-plus... 400 plus, 5 million have died from the virus, you dickhead. 5 million have died from the virus, and you're worried that 400 have died because they got the vaccination. Some balance is needed. So I said this to Frank, and I'll say this to all the anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers are a scourge on society and will never get any traction here and never have or never will, nor will your silly argument. I'd expect if you were around during World War II, you'd be prepared to listen to the rantings of Hitler and give him equal time as well. Well, everyone's entitled to view. You know, he's doing what he's doing and we need to hear his side of the argument. Or perhaps, Frank, you think pedophiles have a point and perhaps I should air their views here to give some balance because I'm an ambassador for brave hearts and I detest and hate pedophiles. But in Frank's world, we give these pedophiles an opportunity to have their say. So, Frank, do me a favour. Go back to whatever you do as manager director. Leave me alone. Stop writing. I'm too busy for your nonsense. Absolutely, and there's no cowardice attached to what I say because unlike you, Frank, the managing director of that company, I put my name to what I say. You won't put your name to what you say. That's cowardice. That's cowardice. I'll leave you with it. Now, a couple of things. First of all, as I've asked before, what the fuck is an anti-vaxxer? Um, you know, it, it, it's the thing. Are you anti-all vaccines and you're going to go out and campaign every day for um, jabs to be, t you know, vaccines to be taken away like the people who are, um, you know, anti-violence, anti-racist, et cetera, et cetera do? Um, or is it just because you've labelled someone an anti-vaxxer because they're opposed to this series of therapeutics, which we genuinely do not know what they do to the human body, what the long-term implications are, or even what the what the mid-term mid implications are. So, like, really, what the hell is an anti-vaxxer? Now, Going back to his his thing, um, Ray Hadley, you're a fucking idiot. Um, five million people have not died from the virus. They've died with the virus, you dickhead. Now, 
it, it, this is the thing. It's because of, of morons like Ray Hadley that other people listen to his bullshit and believe, oh, because, oh, no, you know, no, 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 he wouldn't mislead us. He wouldn't do something wrong. He, you know, he's got our best interest in heart because, hey, he's on the radio and we need to listen to what the radio says. Well, like, seriously, people like Ray Hadley are what the fucking problem is with society at the moment. It's got nothing to do with people who have opposing views. I mean, and, and this is the thing, if you've got an opposing view, fine. If you don't want to allow them on your show, that's fine. It's your freaking show. You do what you want. But to get on your high horse and to turn around and claim some bullshit moral authority because you think they're the scourge of society, mate, it's because of you, ignorant pricks like you who have got your own view, which is the establishment's view. It's no other view apart from the establishment's. And I doubt, you know, if you were able to have your own view that it would be different because, my God, they're paying your, you know, they're giving you the paycheck every day. So you've sold your soul to, to whatever the establishment's view is. Now, going on to this... By turning around and saying that he, you know, um, that this guy Frank expects all these people to have their views and then he turns around and conflates it that, um, you know, uh, he'd turn around and, and like Frank would expect people like Mr Hadley here to listen to Hitler and his views and all that. Well, let's make the, let's make the clarification here. It's fucking idiots like you that are giving Hitler the voice. It's not people like Frank who want to voice his concerns because you're a freaking moron. You're pushing the bullshit that is from the government. You're not giving, you're not challenging the government on anything. Like, first of all, ask him, is there really justification for the bullshit that we're going on through when this virus has a 2% fatality rate? Like, seriously, mate, so don't, don't pretend for a second that you're the moral authority denying Hitler his voice when you're actually giving Hitler his voice. So, you know, this is the thing. Get your head out of your ass and realise what's going on. The other thing, conflating someone with an anti-therapeutics view because it is being forced on society is completely different to giving pedophiles voice. Now, let's actually talk about that. The left or the wokists or whatever the hell you want to call them are actually wanting to change that term for, that term from pedophile to a minor attracted person. And uh, this was, I can't remember what American university that was. There was someone who got on and said, no, you don't recur- refer to them as pedophiles because that's thing. They're just a minor attracted person. And, and you know, this is the thing. And give it a couple of years and fucking idiots like Ray Hadley will be the ones pushing this bullshit. He will be pushing the MAPs. He will be promoting it. He's not going to get on his fucking moral high horse there and turn around and say, oh, no, 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 oh, oh, no, I, I disagree with it. What a load of shit. Um, so, you know, and, and this is the thing. And let's say, yes, Mr Hadley, you are putting your name to it and I'm putting my name to this now, that you're a fucking idiot and you are part of the problem. And if you really want to put your name to it and stop being a coward, Get out on the street. Give someone equal airtime to voice it and put your job on the line. Don't turn around like every other person who's going to these parades um, and now make it clear, I don't agree with the parades through town, though these people do and you have to respect their right to do that and for what they're saying. So, you know, he's turned. He's condemning these, which he does later on in this episode. Um, for what they stand on, well, mate, you know, these people are losing something just because... You know, you're part of the ruling class. And remember, there will be a period of time where you're not going to be the ruling class. You're going to do something one day where they're going to cancel you or they're going to turn around and say, no, nah, 
hey, you've said the wrong thing. We can't have you here anymore. Then what are you going to do? And this is the thing. It, it, it's, you know, um, it, it's utter bullshit. And, and these the ruling class now need to be treated with the contempt that they deserve, um, you know. And, you know, just as a little bit of a side note, there is a bit of a change in from the earlier episodes to what I'm doing now because I think it's got to the point now where, you know, they need to be shown contempt. They're not entitled to our respect. They're not entitled to anything. They don't deserve it because of bullshit like this, you know. How can you turn around and say that the person who has emailed you and emailed you, shown his what his full name is, obviously by the email, you know his name's Frank, he's just asked that his whole name hasn't been read out there. How can you turn around and say that that's fucking cowardice? When he's contacted you, when, you know, he's told you who he is and that you're going to sit in your little freaking echo chamber and push your bullshit and yet you think he's the one that's a coward. No, my God, man, you are the one that's a coward. And, you know, it's the thing. There's going to be more and more of these moronic shock jocks who are going to come out and sprout this bullshit that it's just going to continue. Now, um, having a bit of a breather here, now I just wanted to also continue talking about uh, bullshit that's going to continue. Uh, there was a tweet by, where are we, Adam Band. Uh, he's the, oh, actually he's deleted it now. Um, uh, there was a, a tweet by Adam Band where he talks about uh, the person who was uh, the nurse who was um, involved in a vehicle accident uh, yesterday. Actually, no, he hasn't. Okay, he's uh, must have changed the tweet. Um, So he's got rid of her. So he's redone it. So he's done it so he could um, uh, add his little thing. So uh, what he's done is he deleted his initial tweet and then put more crap on it afterwards. So he's talking about uh, this morning that a um, at a testing centre uh, in Collingwood in Victoria was hit by a car while they're helping clients queuing for the COVID test. Now, um, idiot... Adam Band, like all the other uh, people, have turned around and said, "Oh no, this was a deliberate workplace violence and um, anti-vaxxer or whatever the hell that they were going on about." Now, uh, you know, it's um, yeah, to, to automatically go there shows you that you're pushing the bullshit that is going on. Um, I'm just reading this at the moment because it says there've been a man arrested and someone's been arrested. Um, it says emergency services were called to the corner of Easy and Hoddle Streets at around 9.25am after reports of a white Holden station wagon hit a pedestrian and then fled the scene. Um, people, police said a nearby nurse gave first aid to the injured pedestrian, a man in his 50s. Oh, there you go. It wasn't a nurse who was before he was taken to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. So uh, it wasn't the nurse. It was actually a pedestrian uh, it is believed witnesses observed the vehicle driving erratically near Melbourne CBD. Uh, so Adam Band has turned around and said, everyone should feel safe. Ah, okay. So every worker deserves to come home from work safely, but the life of many and all that. So he's pushed it out. His first tweet was that uh, this was a, an attack, an intentional attack on a nurse at a uh, 
COVID testing centre. And yet once, like what happened with Andy Medic, once the dust settles and, hey, the reality comes out, it is unrelated to what they originally claimed about. So, you know, this is the thing. I It's uh, one of those things that, that we need to start holding the ruling class to account, show them the, the contempt that they deserve, as I've said. Um, it's... You know, it's the thing. Yes, accidents happen. Yes, accidents are unfortunate um, and everything like that. Though because something happens in one place and you're that, is it bigoted? You're that um, caught up in your own bullshit that you automatically think that, oh, no, it's because of this, then, you know, man, that you know, I think that there's something wrong and that, you know, you need to have a look at what is really happening in, in the world and your values and what you believe in. Uh, the case in point is there was a tweet by uh, Samantha Ratnam, who's in the Legislative Council. Uh, she sent a tweet out about half past eight this morning. Things are still moving slowly with Libs putting up more speakers to slow things down. If we go beyond 9.30am, our usual non-government business day can't go ahead. It seems that the Libs are now delayed delaying intentionally to stop my motion for an inquiry into far-right extremism. Now, if you've been listening to anything that I say uh, in previous episodes or anything on social media, this is an obsession that these people have by creating a boogeyman out of the far-right. Now, to clarify, I'm not saying that they're wonderful people. I'm not saying anything like that. Are they a threat? Well, you know, define what a threat is. Are they, you know, something that we should be worried about? Well, define what is something that we should be worried about. Um, because, you know, let, let's be honest. If if we're going to be focusing on far-right extremism, we need to be focusing on far-left extremism because it's the thing is if there's far-right extremism out here, I guarantee you there will be just as bad far-left extremism. And now, unfortunately, we're not going to be looking at that because that doesn't suit their narrative of creating the boogeyman out of nothing. And it's the other thing. What is far-right extremism? How do you define it? Is it someone who wants to be left the fuck alone and say, get out of my life, you, the government, you have no moral authority over me? Is that far-right extremism? Or is it just, you know, someone who is... Um, pushing, you know, views of national socialists. Now, remember, they're national socialists, which means that they potentially have more in light, in common with the far left than they do with the far right. Um, so, you know, this is the thing that we need to ask and we need to understand. Um, you know, what is it? You can't just poke, uh, uh, you know, point your finger and, oh, there's the boogeyman. Oh, that's what it is. You've got to define it. Once you define it, then we can work at it. Now, also going by that too is that if there is an increase in far-right extremism, what has caused it? And then if it's because of the 20-odd months of lockdown and draconian measures that we've uh, had to endure that have created an environment where this is able to grow, how much responsibility are people like Samantha Ratnam going to take for creating that environment in the first place? Uh, you know, it comes back down to that whole um, Batman and Joker thing, uh, depending on, on what version of DC Comics. Um, uh, who was it? Was it Joker, Jack Napier? Um, so the Joker kills 
Bruce Wayne's mother and father, which create so this was before he was a Joker. So he was just um, Jack Napier, um, just a, a thug, etc. Um, so it kills Bruce Wayne's mum and dad, which causes Bruce Wayne to devote his life to um, fighting crime, etc., etc. Then something happens with Jack Napier, and then he turns into the Joker. So which who created whom? You know, Jack Napier created Batman, but then Batman in turn created the Joker. Uh, so, you know, if Jack Napier hadn't have done what he did, then Batman wouldn't have happened, in which case um, the Joker wouldn't have happened. So, you know, it, it's it's the thing. And correct me, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, though my understanding of, of DC Comics, and talking a, a bit of a side about that, I'm not a big fan of DC Comics. My uh, preferred comic all through growing up was um, was the Phantom. Uh, actually, getting a, a subscription to that, so I might even throw some of that in, in future episodes or different podcasts. Um, so that's a bit of a sidetrack there. So I'm not too uh, up to speed on uh, all the the Batman stuff and, and everything like that. So, um, but you know, hopefully you can get my drift. Is that you know the, the Greens have created the environment by supporting the Andrews regime's extension to the state of emergency, which created the fertile ground because people were losing their jobs, they were becoming disenfranchised out of society, uh, they were feeling powerless about their own life due to the mandates, due to the the face diapers, uh, due to becoming a, a second class citizen, etc., etc. So that's created the ideal environment, if this genuinely does exist for people to be recruited into these quote-unquote far-right groups. Now, and, and this is the thing, okay, we need to also make some clarification. Um, like, you know, there's no denying that these groups will be out there recruiting There is because that's what they do. They recruit members just the same as, as the, the, the quote-unquote anti-fascists go out and recruit members and unions go out and re- recruit members. What is important to discuss and to identify and clarify is is their recruiting being successful if it is being successful why is it being successful and we need to find it instead of just turning around and saying oh no you know we're going to ban this group we're going to ban this group or we're going to do this what created the environment that these groups were able to recruit people um so using an example of unions uh you know if you're not a member uh, they'll go into the place, they'll, you know, say, oh, but, you know, unions, um, union environments have a 10% higher wages than non-union environments through collective bargaining, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or they'll use the whole um, anger, hope, action thing of getting you angry about something, giving you hope that they can fi- that you can fix it, and the action is, hey, you've got to join up so we can take it on, you know, take on management because there's safety in numbers. You know, things like that. So that creates the environment. Uh, so... You know, this is the thing. I know full well that they're not going to look in that. They're just going to look for the boogeyman, just the same as these sham um, January 6 investigations that are going on with re- relating to um, the protests in the US Capitol. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's the thing. This is just to create the boogeyman. Um, so, you know, it, it's time that, as I've said, we need to start showing these people the contempt that um, I think that they they deserve. I won't say you know that they're entitled to because no, they're not entitled to anything um, for that. Uh, what else is that? So um, something I, I did want to touch on. There was a thing in the Daily Mail uh, today actually, 
where uh, Mark Latham gets up and uh, has a bit of a chat uh, talking about, uh, you know, so the, the headline is exclusive. I've been in this game for decades and there's a big problem with today's politicians, writes, writes Mark Latham. Here's why it's time to transform Australia with some very bold appointments, starting with New South Wales. Now, he goes on to say um, that whilst it is convention to appoint ministers who are members of parliament, this is not actually a constitutional requirement. Ministers can come from outside parliament, allowing the executive government to draw on expertise and experience from the broader community. Now, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to say that Mr. Latham has uh, taken something from me. Um, you know, I'd love it if he listens to my podcast because this is something that I said a while ago is that we need to, honestly, I can't remember what episode it was, um, but we need to stop recruiting ministers or appointing ministers from parliament because this just creates the bullshit. We need to have ministers that are appointed from outside parliament. And I, you know, I, Applies with the Commonwealth Constitution, applies with the Victorian Constitution as well. Um, so you know we need to we need to do that, and you know good on Mr. Latham for for voicing the same thing, which you know just adds legitimacy to what I was saying um, before. You oh you know what does he know? Well, you know he's Mark Latham saying the same thing, and he's been in politics a long time. Um, and if you don't believe me, just read the Constitution of your state. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it is really interesting. Sadly, it'll never happen because uh, when you get appointed as a minister, you get a bit more of a pay increase, and this is how uh, you know these governments you know do jobs for their friends and and get their you know cushy appointments and and everything like that. Uh, so, what else is there to go on about? Um, let me have a look. Uh, 30 minutes here. Um, oh, um, unfortunate news uh, that, that came out that a, um emergency department nurse has uh, died, um, let's say, with the bug. Um, this person died at um, Box Hill Hospital on Sunday after catching COVID-19. Uh, the nursing union said she is believed to have contracted the virus at work. Now it says WorkSafe will launch an investigation into how this person caught the, the illness. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, so now this is going to be interesting. Uh, interesting for a couple of points because, you know, it, this will be the, the prime test of whether WorkSafe is going to uh, cover things up and protect the health minister because... Um, the health minister is the one who uh, looks after um, the health department. Actually, let's see if, if they want it. Um, hang on, just bear with me for a tick just while I have a look at the hospital. Okay, it says uh, Eastern Health, um, that this particular hospital is part of Eastern Health, uh, which is one of Melbourne's largest metropolitan public health services. Um, it'll be... Interesting to see whether the minister is responsible for that because they've got a, a food chain where it's a board of directors, CEO, etc., etc. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting. So anyway, go where I was going with that. So this will be the the perfect you know uh, opportunity to test workplace uh, 
WorkSafe Victoria's uh, ability to prosecute people under the Andrews regime's uh, industrial manslaughter laws uh, because, you know, this is a, um, a, a situation where uh, either the individual's training um, broke down, they caught the hospital, uh, they caught the bug whilst they were a patient or which is going to be which would still fall under work safes or and it needs to be clarified whether they caught the the bug uh, whilst they were a patient or whether they were an employee there um, if they were an employee there what was the training what happened with the training why weren't they uh, well what about the PPE and you know that will all come down and ultimately uh, who's Martin Foley who's the health minister is responsible for it all um, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, happens with uh, WorkSafe's investigation there and how far they go to uh, potentially prosecute the Victorian government, um, you know, for the, the minister as the ultimate person responsible for how, um, you know, the, the, the chain of responsibility goes. So anyway, um, I will, as much as I can, keep watching that. Uh, so where are we today? Uh, 37 minutes now. I think I might end this one. Um, Parliament is still going. Uh, they're still debating uh, the bill. So what they're doing is they're going through committees, things like they talk, talk about each section line by line, and talk about uh, you know the the intent of the things. Um, which you know it's a it's a pain in the backside now, though it does um, go good when these things get challenged because the attorney um, Symes is there, Attorney General. Uh, and saying this is the intent of the government. So this is the reasons why this particular clause came in. Uh, there is uh, a lots of uh, amendments being circulated and voting on that, which is why it's been such a long sitting. Uh, they, I think they kicked off at uh, 2.30 uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, by the time this gets published, I think it'll be about 11 o'clock, so they'll be going on for 20-odd um, you know, hours. Um won't be too far away from uh, – so the original sitting was at 12 o'clock, so they'll be 24 hours into their sitting, uh, close to, and then uh, this debate. So, you know, this is going to be a long – It needs all this stuff needs to be put on public record about what's going on. Um, watching it, I think it's it's disgusting, the response from uh, the crossbench, uh, you know, particular members of the crossbench and from the government uh, to turn around and – as has been said all along, when this bill was first proposed, it was going to be rushed through Parliament because it was perfect. They've had six months with uh, three particular crossbenchers to uh, work on this bill. They were going to support it. Um, all of a sudden at the 11th hour, Adam Somurek comes in and then they no, they want to hold it off. So it's no longer an important bill. Then they want to have, um, you know, brief Mr Somurek on it. He turns around and says, no, he's not going to support it. So then they, they delayed even further because they need to, um, you know, essentially, let's say, coerce or bribe another crossbench member into supporting their bill. And, you know, this is, it was perfect now. Well, perfect, you know, two weeks ago. Is it more perfect now? Let's, you know, honestly, the, it's just still a bad bill. It should not, it is not necessary. Um, I don't think it's necessary at all. Or the situation that we're going through, uh, all it does is gives the Premier and the government uh, draconian powers to, uh, you know, rule by decree 
uh, and and you know get their way with everything. And you know what? And no, this is the thing. I I think that um, the three crossbenchers who supported it are gonna have to be getting a, a damn good is it kickback reward whatever you want to call it for supporting this bill. Uh, there was um, some some stories going around on Twitter yesterday that uh, Rod Barton uh, and Fiona Patton are getting um, going for pre-selection or the guaranteed pre-selection at a particular um, region or district or something like that. They're going to move over to the Labor Party. Uh, I think that Andy Medic's going to move over to the Labor Party uh, and and support the Labor Party because you know he's. Jumped on into Parliament. He's shown, you know, Dan his worth. How much he's going to support the Labor Party. Uh, he said, out and out, that he's a socialist. Uh, so you know what? It's not going to be much of a stretch for him to do it. Um, you know, he's a union member, so you know what? He could probably could be. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that one. But either way, uh, without a lot of preference votes coming from the Labor Party. Uh, I don't think uh, any of those three will be getting back in uh, at the next election. What happens with uh, Samantha Ratnam from the Greens? I, you know, I think there's probably still enough of a vote there for them to get one person across the line. I'm not sure if they'll be able to get two. Um, it's. You know, it, it's the thing. Is yeah, I, I don't think that there's going to be enough support for those minor parties. Um, hopefully, there's more independents that pop up, and hopefully, they um, you know, with with what's going on now, that people become aware and take the extra time to vote below the line, not above the line, where you know you just put a number in a box and you give them the power, the ability to decide uh, where your preference goes. You need to vote. Always vote below the line. Um, I think because there's only five um, people in the region, I think you only have to number five boxes below the line for it to be a valid vote. Um, but by then, you know, even if you have to number six boxes, um, you know, it, it's worthwhile doing it because then we can keep idiots like this out of parliament. Um, so, yes, anyway, um, have a bit more of a political discussion later on uh, when that comes down to it. So... Uh, I think might wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, hope to have you join me on the next one. If you can, subscribe, whatever it is, share this far and wide uh, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we'll see what happens today in, in Parliament and in the world out there and uh, look forward to having you join me on the next episode. Bye for now.